This is the Desperate Mothers Podcast. Oh my. Check out what these desperate mother are up to this week. Okay, welcome to the Desperate Mothers Podcast. I'm CJ Watson. And I'm Jack Fisher. And this podcast is all about what distracts us <laughs> while we're trying to do the important things of creating our shows. Have we created any shows this week? No. No, but have we gone to the movies and been distracted? Yes, yes, we definitely have been distracted. Yeah, yeah. By so, movies, by beer. Yeah. Um, distraction frequently involves alcohol. And sometimes both movies and alcohol. <laughs> Occasionally, simultaneously. Yeah, you know, distraction doesn't necessarily frequently involve alcohol for me. Because if it did, I would be dead. <laughs> One or two times I drink, I get sick. So we don't like to do that too often. And by often, you mean more than twice a week. Right. So the weekend is four. Yeah. So this week's distractions, at because it's the summertime, so tent poles are going up. Yeah, definitely this weekend. And um, this weekend was the Wonder Woman movie. Did you see any of the pre-Giant Memorial Day movies? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw the... Um Guardians of the Galaxy 2. and uh, Oh, that's right. Guardians was pre-memorial there. Yeah. So, wow. What are they thinking? I mean... Well, it Memorial Day weekend's a big weekend. It's... Um, I, I think if you look at the money that's made on Memorial Day weekend, um, I think they made $250 million uh, in the U.S. release. For Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I could look that up. Yeah, but I mean, what are they thinking about not waiting till Memorial Day to release Guardians of the Galaxy? Why did they go early? Why did they give up Memorial Day to, to Wonder Woman when historically <laughs> you think Marvel's going to trounce a DC movie, right? Well, Wonder Woman was not Memorial Day. It was post-Memorial Day. Was it? Yeah. Was Guardians Memorial Day? I think so. It was so. pre, wasn't it? No, I think it was a Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to edit all that out so I can look smarter. <laughs> sure, when it makes you look smarter, you'll edit it. <laughs> but when it makes me look stupid, you're all for that. Well, that's funny. People know I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Favorite site, Box Office Mojo. Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. The release was May 5th. Right, Memorial Day was okay. May 29th. Hmm. So I am i don't have to edit that out. <laughs> Matter of fact, you could edit to emphasize the fact that I didn't know that it was pre-Memorial Day. So what the hell do we have on Memorial Day weekend? Pirates? It looks like. And Baywatch. I have not seen Paywatch. Pirates was okay. Pirates was... Okay, so... Hard, to me, as a Pirates of the Caribbean fan, Pirates of the Caribbean was a little bit hard to watch because... You've seen it. Well, different characters. You've seen the new Pirates? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. I, I haven't. Oh, well, I, I love the Pirates of the Caribbean. I enjoyed the first one or two. There's like five, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, was it uh, On Stranger Tides was the last one, and people made fun of that because it was like Johnny Depp in Limbo or Purgatory or some such. Like, like the viewer is in Limbo or Purgatory. We, uh-huh. Forever watching a new Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean movie. That that is what I'm implying. Yeah. <laughs> so it was the new Pirates of the Caribbean was Will Turner's son. Will Turner's son, you know Orlando Bloom's character's kid, sure. out to free him. So if you've haven't seen On Stranger Tides, you know, spoiler alert for a seven-year-old movie or some such. Well, I I have seen all the Pirates movies until this one. So uh, apparently, Orlando Bloom is stuck on the cursed ship, mm-hmm. and his son needs to free him. Sure, because that's how the cycle always starts. And then his son will get stuck, and his son will get stuck. And and then we'll be watching Pirates of the Caribbean movies for like 25 years. You know, the interesting thing about that is there was an extended like um, flashback scene that featured a young Johnny Depp. And they, or a young Jack Sparrow. They digitally unaged him? They digitally unaged him. Like, I think the first movie that I saw where somebody was digitally unaged was Ant-Man. Okay. Where um, Michael Michael Douglas Douglas was made younger. Yeah. And then I saw that again in... Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, no. The second time was Princess Leia being digitally unaged in in, um, um, Rogue One. Rogue One. And then the Guardians of the Galaxy. So, digitally unaging an actor. We are one step away from artificially inserting dead actor into a movie. Or just inserting artificial actors. Yeah, well, you wouldn't want to do that. You want to pull actors out of the grave and make them dance for you. That's the first generation the second or the third generation is to uh, what was that horrible movie from the I want to say it was the 90s that featured that concept of a, uh, a an actress personality that was entirely digitally created um, is it Are you remembering what I'm talking about? I'm vaguely, vaguely familiar with the idea, but I can't remember it. But it, it's tantamount to creating a cartoon character that never, ever ages. You know, it's like The Simpsons. And that's why movie executives will love the idea. Right, because vi- because it's exactly like The Simpsons, right? You know, Simpsons is what, like 50 years old now? It's on season 51? Yeah, yeah, I think they're uh, planning on the the century celebration in the, the not too distant future. And Homer's not one day older. The baby's still the baby. Maggie is still. Uh, yeah, and Bart's perpetually in what is it, middle school or whatever? Sure. Um, that's a gold mine right there. Yeah, you know, it's just like once they can marry the audience perception and expectations of an unaging real life looking actor they can make imagine being like die hard movies forever 
Now, movie concepts themselves have a less of a shelf life. So I would argue that Pirates has exceeded its maximum life expectancy. While Johnny Depp um, and possibly Orlando Bloom and who was it, Kira Knightley? Yes. Uh, those are images and characters that they would like to keep alive for a long time. That's an interesting concept right there. You know, like the buddy movie concept, right? <coughs> it's like you take the formula that works well together and then you put it in a different situation, right? You still have the formula of that chemistry interaction between those three leads. And now you're making Ocean's Eleven with those three characters. Or you're making the Italian job. Or you're making Mission Impossible. There's no reason that they don't do that. Just the studios say, well, we made a pirate movie and it worked. Let's make Pirates 2, Pirates 3, Pirates 4. But the inexplicable truth is that that chemistry would work. They're relying on the chemistry of the actors. And they're trying to package it with something that has a track record of ticket sales. And their best understanding of how to do this is to take the same actors and to put them in the same movie over over and over over again. again. When they really could probably make a home run with a different genre of movie and the same actors. So you get that same chemistry, that same feeling, but now they're doing a heist movie. Now they're doing... um, like a, a grifter movie. Now they're doing an intense melodrama, right? Yeah, sure. What they need is Johnny Depp meets the son of Frankenstein. Or, you know, Johnny Depp infiltrates Al-Qaeda and Kira Knightley's his handler. And Orlando Bloom's the CIA operative who's trying to, you know, make things happen. Or, you know, if you want to make a road movie, The Road to Purgatory. Or- the Road to Purgatory. Orlando Bloom and Johnny and Johnny Depp are two out of work metalhead friends who get sent to hell. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought that was a Bill and Ted movie. Yeah, but it'll work with them. Um Yeah, I think that uh, the studios are really missing the point when they get these magical teams that work together. They're not doing that. They're not tackling it like um, like the old studios would. You know, they would take a team of actors back in the old contract days, and they'd say, now you're making a detective movie. Now you're making a comedy. Now you're making an adventure movie. But I think that was an artifact of uh, what you said, the old contract days. Right, these people had to work together. They had they, to make a movie. The studio owned them, mm-hmm. and they had a contract that said that they were going to do ten movies, and they were going to do 10 movies regardless of uh well they're not exactly free of that these days i mean nowadays they make they sign up for sure a movie they sign up for possible sequels if the studios hit x amount of box office take you know there's no reason that the studios can't say if we hit x amount of bo- box office take you guys are then 
going to do another movie for us, we sequel can or not. We exercise our option to pair you together in you another movie rather than a sequel. say a sequel to this exact movie. We can say we're going to cast you in another movie. But currently it's we have the option of casting you in a sequel right. or a prequel, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah, usually it's somewhat of the same movie. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Rinse, wash, repeat. Yes. What was that, The Edge of Tomorrow? No, oh, I thought that was the shampoo instructions. No, the uh, the movie with Emily Blunt. And Live, die, repeat. Live. Yes. Rinse, wash, repeat. Mm-hmm. Like shampoo. Yeah. Or conditioner. Yeah. So what was the distraction this weekend? Wonder Woman. It was Wonder Woman. And... Why is Wonder Woman important? Um, because she's hot. Oh, yeah. Because... There are plenty of hot actors in movies. Because it's the first... Is she the first female superhero movie? I think so. I mean, you gotta remember Catwoman. <sighs> I mean, even though Catwoman is not a superhero... Catwoman, an anti-hero at best. Yes. So, uh, it's kind of akin to Colin Punisher's superhero movie. He's not a superhero. I, I think you can say safely that it's the first female superhero. Now, it is, hands down, the first female Golden Age superhero movie. Not that there were a lot of Golden Age superheroes, female superheroes. But that's kind of interesting. So, the first female comic movie, Catwoman. Mm-hmm. The first female superhero movie, Wonder Woman. Both of those, DC Comics. Right. And Marvel is still uh, just thinking about putting out a female like any hero. Like, they've somewhat committed, right? They've committed to putting out a female superhero movie. Sure, it's on IMDb. 2018. Mrs. Marvel. Uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Um, Starring, well, according to IMDb, they have two people cast so far. They have uh, Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson. And he's probably not going to be Captain Marvel. Yeah, you... Well, I mean, it's possible because... Maybe, maybe he'll be the first Captain, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel has been a man. Captain mm-hmm. Marvel has been a, a woman. Um, maybe he'll be the first Captain Marvel. Maybe he'll start the movie as Captain Marvel and Brie Larson will end the movie as Captain yes. Marvel. That could happen. That'd but be- I'm going to say that if we actually looked at the IMDb page that uh, he's going to be credited with something other than... Uh, uh, than being Captain Marvel. And a quick... Oh, yeah. Uh, so, according to IMDb, uh, Samuel Jackson is going to be Nick Fury. Oh, because he's played Nick Fury before in other things. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I hear. Now, okay, let's look at the actresses, though. Um... What did you think about uh, Gal uh, Gadot? 
Is that how they pronounce your name? Well, according to my extensive research on IMDb, uh, she pronounces her first name like Dahl. With a G. With a G. Gall. And her last name rhymes with float. So Gall Godot. Oh, I thought you were going to say goat. No, Godot. Godot. Gall Godot. Gall Godot. Okay. Um, if you look at her credits, uh, she's mainly known for the Fast and Furious movies. She did like three or four different Fast and Furious movies. So now I'm going to have to watch the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> they're about cars, right? <laughs> um, they're do, yeah. They're do they turn into robots? No, because I watch I watch car movies if the cars turn into robots. I watch car movies of the cars. Well, pretty much only if they turn into robots. <laughs> I don't usually watch car movies if they do other th- if they don't do anything like turn into robots or save the world. Do the cars yeah. save the world? Uh, yes, yeah, they they save the world of the heist crew that's driving the cars. Do they have names on the cars? Um, well. I'm asking you things. How 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 into the Fast and Furious mythology are you? I haven't seen any of them. Oh, okay. So asking you specifics is probably not going to give me any answers. Really, other than what I can pull up quickly on uh, IMDb, you're not going to get any, any further than that. Okay. Um, but, yeah, like I said, if the cars don't turn into robots and they don't talk, I'm probably not going to watch them of my own accord. Now I have to. I heard that Michelle Rodriguez was in them, and even that couldn't get me to watch them. So, uh, once more, IMDb credits uh, Gal Gadot with uh, nineteen movies. Or she was in nineteen Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she has nineteen credits to her name as an actress. Okay. Um, and the most well-known is going to be the probably the Fast and Furious. If you don't look at movies like Batman v Superman, so which she practically stole the show on. Yes, I I would agree with that totally. But she did. I thought she did a more than adequate job um, portraying Wonder Woman. Um, I did not find her Wonder Woman lacking, other than the fact that I would have preferred for her to have a little bit of more muscle definition. Because I think, you know, the son of, or the daughter of Zeus should be a little bit more buff. I might cut that out. (laughs) Why would you cut that out? Because we don't want to be accused of body shaming someone so perfect as Gal Gadot. Um, Not just little okay looking. She's practically perfect. Oh, yeah, she's definitely perfect. But. She wasn't rocking like, you know, 22-inch pythons or massive guns there. It's okay sometimes, you know. My personal belief is that if she can lift up a tank and almost crush somebody with it, maybe she's firing a little bit bigger biceps. 
that you'd you'd see something ripple and rip and you know that is the conundrum though isn't it i mean the way that you get a big muscle is you 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 grow by pushing it beyond its limit so it so it striates and tears and gets bigger and and what if they just didn't have any boulders big enough for her to develop big guns on? I guess maybe you know lifting the tank is so trivial that right. It's it, not like it's a planet or something. Yeah. You know? What causes her distress? Right. We or didn't see her really stress under any weights of anything. She obviously needs to be lifting battleships or something. Something definitely bigger than a tank. <laughs> Tanks were not a problem. Right. I'm, I'm saying she probably didn't have anything convenient to like okay. cause those guns to grow you, on Paradise Island. You can justify this uh, uh, however your mind doing needs pretty to. good. Yeah. <laughs> so she, but. Other than that, I mean, she rocked the costume. The costume was good looking. Yeah, it was. I mean, it fit in realistically with Thymoscira and the real world. It, it was a blend between... Um, it had that color, but it was muted in the, in the DC style. Kind of ancient Greece, warrioress, almost Xena-esque. Yeah. Well, I mean, anything's going to be considered Xena-esque because... They kind of set the stage for warrior maidens. Um, but you had the red and the blue and the gold on the costume, and it wasn't just gaudy. Yeah. It wasn't all tacky looking and saying, oh, wow, look at this bright, shiny red and blue and gold costume. It was muted just so. Now, this movie was um, by pretty much any criteria financial success on on opening weekend um box office mojo is reporting that it had a budget of about 150 million and on opening weekend uh the domestic box office was uh, 103 million and the foreign box office was uh, 125 million so on opening weekend it brought in 225 million dollars Two hundred twenty-eight million dollars, which uh, pays for the production cost and probably a lot of the distribution and promotional cost. So anything after this is kind of gravy. Yeah, it is not a loser. Now, if you compare that to Batman v Superman, uh, their budget was two hundred fifty million. So an extra hundred million on top of uh, of Wonder Woman's budget. And their opening weekend domestically was $166 million. So only $50 million more for an investment of uh, $100 million more. Now, that's not counting any of their foreign box office. And certainly if you look at it to date, um, the Batman v Superman has... Uh, I think they're clocking close to a billion dollars in uh, in worldwide um, revenues. It was, and it tried to do a lot. Batman v Superman it had a lot on its plate. It was a very ambitious movie. Yeah. Um, 
it had dream sequences. It had it had some crazy fucked up dark side hallucinations dream sequences. I mean, I don't know where DC's going to go with their movies, but if they go that way, it's, it's definitely gonna, going dark. I mean, even Wonder Woman was pretty dark. Well, well, I said it before. Gray seems to be the color of the DCU. You know, they fight under gray skies. It's a hodgepodge of CGI and destruction and battlefields of gray smoke and clouds and debris. The only colorful bright spot in Wonder Woman was Paradise Island. Yeah, and and if you play that out, you extend that whole idea into the Batman v Superman movies. The only bright spots in any of those were um, flashbacks to Clark's upbringing, to Kansas, to searching for his father. Once you got back into the cities, you got into the gray cities of Batman, you got into the gray cities of Metropolis, you got into the, the gray finale the climactic fight at the end even maybe the funeral procession had a spot of blue color in the sky but mostly it was a dark gray movie yeah and i i think that's pretty much been the case since the um dark knight rises i mean if you look at uh was it man of steel Mm-hmm. The Superman movie that everyone just says it's crap. No, that's re- Returns. Superman right. Returns. Superman Returns, yeah. The one where he comes back. There's little spots of color in that, but that's with Kevin Spacey doing the Kevin Spacey Im- impersonating Gene Hackman. <laughs> so that was a rough sell of a movie. I mean, it was pretty much trying to make Superman again. Um, but then you had Superman Returns. With the generals on, and that's really where all of this picks up, right? Th- yeah. This is a Dark Knight Rises. You know Batman because you know Dark Knight Rises, but you don't feel it's the same Batman. You feel that it's that dark Batman. But at the end of Dark Knight Rises, Batman retired with Catwoman, right? They were in Paris, having a good old time, pretending sure. they weren't them anymore, right? This is not that Batman. I think this is maybe. Um. Return the Heath Ledger Batman? Yeah. Legend? It's called Legend of the Dark Knight, right? The Heath Ledger movie? I can't tell you that. Right. This almost continues off of Batman and just wipes under the table Dark Knight Rises. Right? Let's say this is the Batman from the Heath Ledger movie. If he continued, because you know they still through the bat lair, you still got you got that uh, Joker, uh, the Robin costume with obviously the references to the dead Robin. So you've got the nitty gritty dark Batman who didn't retire to a life of peacefulness with F- Felina, Catwoman, Selina, Selina, Felina, you know, because a cat. <laughs> I was worried you were going somewhere else with that. But, oh, uh, yeah. No, okay. <clears throat> so it almost, <clears throat> it almost 
kind of erases <clears throat> it erases Dark Knight Rises in the way that Superman erases Superman Returns. Yeah. Right? We start with Batman Universe, we start at uh, Legend of the Dark Knight, and with the Superman Universe, we start at uh, Man of Steel. We bring those worlds together to bring us uh, Batman v. Superman. And then, you know, Dawn of Justice. And so, now, now we have Wonder Woman's prequel movie that we just got. Mm-hmm. And I guess she has not been around since her times with Captain Trevor. Well, she's been somewhere. Yeah, I mean, collecting artifacts and such. We haven't really filled in the backstory completely. Well, she was told she could never return to Thymuscura. That's what she was told. If you leave, you can never return. And then she has this museum of artifacts and weapons. I, I didn't really get that as an order or um an imperative i kind of got that as um once you leave the nest you can't come back there's nothing really stopping her from going back other than the fact that she's no longer a baby bird well when you say in the movie you really can't (laughs) bring anything to it you have to take it for what it is so not only was wonder woman about a female superhero but it was directed by a female director yes and i guess apparently that's a big thing yeah it is um the the director uh patty jenkins um her her freshman uh directorial debut was monster Yes. Starring Shirley's Throne and Christina Ricci about the serial serial killer in I think Florida. Mm-hmm. Um that was a pretty powerful movie. Yeah, yeah. Um that was a long time ago too. Yes it was. Like fourteen, fifteen years ago? That sounds about right. Yeah, so that's tough to get a movie. Um now she's done some other stuff since then. Right, um, right, but no big budget movies. And that's real tough in Hollywood. You know, if you want to be an actor, you can you can plop in, and, and hopefully, if, if you're successful, you get roles in a bunch of movies a year. But when you want to, like, run a movie, when you want to direct a movie, when you want to, you know, take a movie from start to finish, that's a long process. And that's not something you do every year. That's not something you do multiple times a year. That That's something that takes years to get done, you know? Well, the studios... They're investing literally millions of dollars. But they're making movies all year long. Not all those are successful, though. Right. But what I'm saying is movies get made frequently by studios. But the chance to helm a movie, that's few and far between. And that's a long project. Once you're on a movie, that takes a while. Years. It takes years to make a movie. You... You've got pre-production, uh, typically six months to a year. You've got production six months to a year, and you got post-production six months to a year. That's after you've sold these people on spending money on a movie on you. Yeah, you know that that right there that takes years itself. Trying to convince people to throw money behind your project or to let you let you sail the ship, right? Getting to the point where they green light your project. Mm-hmm. 
And even then, you don't always get to work on the project that you got going. So it's rough. You know, studios buy a script. They buy, they buy a treatment. They get a script. They green light that possibly. They start going into pre-production. Nothing is even sure until somebody says, roll them on that set on the first day. Well, I would argue that um, nothing's really set until uh, post-production is coming to close. Because up until that point... You could uh, scrap it. They could scrap it. They, in, you know, Roger Corman, he shot a whole lot of movies that he never released because releasing a movie costs money. Right, getting the distribution out there, advertising. We all know that advertising budget in a movie usually exceeds exceeds the budget of the movie. Yeah, so your production costs, uh, that's just for getting in in the can. Mm -hmm. Your promotion, uh, your advertising... That's part of your distribution cost. And um, even sites like Box Office Mojo, they don't talk about what the distribution, promotion, and advertising, um, they just don't talk about it. I, I don't even know if they have any real transparency into those numbers. Well, you don't have any transparency. The big budget numbers, sometimes the studios include advertising in those. Sometimes they don't, you know? I mean, if a studio says a movie costs $75 million, Maybe it cost $75 million. Maybe it cost $20 million and they spent $55 million on advertising. Maybe it cost $75 million and they're not telling you they spent $100 million yeah. on advertising. But when I look at a, um, a production cost for um, Wonder Woman of uh, $149 million, that I'm pretty makes, sure that's just the production cost. Yeah, that doesn't make me think that they're including advertising at all. Yeah. I, I'm... I'm going to assume that they spent uh, $100 million on top of that. I for think because it's a female lead movie with a female director, they need to make everyone perceive that it's going to make a lot of money. So they don't specifically want to include advertising budget in it. Well, at the same time, I'm pretty sure that the $250 million for Batman versus Superman... Uh, in- included advertising? No, I don't think it no. did. Um <laughs> Because that was advertised everywhere for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And Wonder Woman, um, they didn't really start advertising it until a week or two before it's the It's true. Release. It didn't get a big push at all. No. Um, and th- that kind of impresses me that, you know, it pulled in the, the numbers that it did despite the the lack of a really big push. Well, I think Batman v Superman, we know it made money. We know it's successful. We know it's DC's flagship movie well, and when you look at the the revenue to date we're talking close to a billion dollars yeah it's their big flagship movie i think everyone sees wonder woman as a prequel to the movie and they were going to go see that so if you have half so of, it had the advertising built in yes because we saw her in batman v superman right and you even if see, we love to hate on the movie uh, she stole, stole the show, and, and, and you wanted, wanted to see, see that her, character. Yeah. yeah, yeah that that was that was the best character in the movie, and you want to see more. Yeah, and, and we saw more. We saw Wonder Woman versus Germans versus Krauts. Yeah, real Krauts. Yeah. Krauts. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, it succeeded. You gave us, we got Steve Trevor. We lost Steve Trevor. Well, you know, uh, Captain Kirk fired the phaser into the bomb bay, igniting the gas, and then there's every possibility that Scotty beamed him out. We never actually saw we don't. Steve Trevor die. No, no, we didn't see that at all. We saw a fireball. It was implied that Steve Trevor died. We never saw a corpse. We didn't see an emulation scene where the flesh is cooked off his body as the nerve agent or No, whatever. no, it could be it could be classic Hollywood cliffhanger where, yeah. you know, the next time we pick up, he's like, wow, how did I get here? And then you see that. I'm not even going to say spoiler because fuck that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if you know Wonder Woman, you know Steve Trevor was a, a part of her past anyways. So... Interesting. It was interesting. It was a good movie, but like I said, pretty gray. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, for the for the people that uh, might be worried that I'm uh, somehow harsh or critical of uh, Gal Gadot, Gadot, um, Goat, Gadot. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Gal Goat. Um, Gigi. She's got plenty of credit. call her Gigi. Let's let's, yeah, let's ex- excellent choice. Let's Gigi. give her a nickname here that she'll like punch okay. us in the face for. Dude, they call me Gigi now. Fuck you. It's <laughs> <laughs> worse than like uh, it's like how Kirsten Dunst got what Kiki. <laughs> Remember that? So Gigi, Gigi, Gigi was a man. Uh, she's uh, Israeli. Yes, uh, she's Jewish. She was a. And that's how. That's why she has that really. You know. Sexy accent. She was a member of the Israeli Defense Force. Well, you for two years don't have a choice when yeah. you grow up there. Yeah. Now, mind you, she uh, in her bio it says that while she was in the uh, the IDF, that she was a a sports trainer. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I'm going to interpret that as being that she didn't spend a lot of time in special forces training um but she went through basic training at the very least um and she was a member of the israeli defense force so she's got she's got serious nerd cred Uh, nerd cred she's a warrior for real yeah she's she's been a part of the fraternity paternity maternity of warriors yeah um so i i am not casting any dispersions on her and your explanation of she just hasn't been lifting the right amount of battleships to to give her the cuts and definition that i i think wonder woman should have that's barely plausible (laughs) based on physiology but i'll take barely plausible okay i mean i haven't had a chance to work out with many metahumans but you know whatever are are perfect beings sculpted out of clay and granted life by the god zeus right yeah um it's uh it's a dramatic image so, uh, either way, Wonder Woman was a slam dunk. I cannot wait for a Wonder Woman 2. I am super excited for a Justice League movie. Justice League has uh, has a lot of promise to it. And 
uh, I think there has already been some some talk of uh, Wonder Woman too. Um, and I would really like a Super Friends movie, but that's just because I want to see Jan and Jace, <laughs> the Wonder Twins. Yeah, the Wonder Twins would be so awesome. <laughs> Shape of ice cubes, <laughs> form of Jack Daniel's whiskey. Oh no! <laughs> and that's how we infiltrate Lex Luthor's lair. So that brings us to Marvel. Where is Marvel with a female superhero? We've had Scarlet Witch. We've had Black Widow. But we haven't even had a Catwoman movie. You mean a Catwoman type movie from Marvel? We haven't had a female anti-hero. I mean, that would be Black Widow. Yeah. Um, and as we said... Because her origin story is... Lucy proved that Scarlett Johansson would make Black Widow movies successful. Absolutely. You know, and maybe they don't do that because they feel it's already been done, but... Or maybe they don't do that because they feel a Black Widow movie would be too mundane. Um, I have a little bit more cynical view of it. I think that uh, Scarlett Johansson has told them, I won't do a Black Widow movie. You you think she's really not having any of that? Uh, I think she's only doing what she's doing because she's contractually obligated. Because now that she's as big as she is, she's kind of done playing superheroes and TNAing it up for an action flick. Yeah. Well, I mean, she can bring those assets to bear whenever she wants. I mean, it's really tough to say. I mean, try to get in someone's head like that. We don't know what's important to her. We don't know if she wants to go yeah. the master, master thespian route and make, you know, a great acting movie or if she really wants to make more action movies, right? I mean, usually when you're an actor, you're one or the other and you really hate these action flicks because they don't show your skill. But it's not like Scarlett Johansson hasn't done uh, intelligent movies before. Right. She's, she's done some really smart stuff. Uh, right, move, uh, scripts that were deep and complex. Well, that's why I don't think that she would be fighting against doing a, a Black Widow movie. I think mostly is Marvel doesn't believe in a Black Widow movie. It, is that it, though? Uh, I, I think that's it. I think nobody believes in female lead movies. That's why you don't get them. You get them from small houses. You get them from alternative studios. But you don't get licensed, big-budget action movies because the license holders and the studios can't come to agreement saying that this is a moneymaker and we need to invest this much into it. We've got a massive action movie on the horizon coming up starring a female lead with a huge box office draw in Charlize Theron. Atomic Blonde. Yeah. Right? Why is that Atomic Blonde, and why is that not um, Black Widow? Think about what Atomic Blonde is. It could be Black Widow. It's it's a spy movie. Yeah. And Black Widow's a spy. Exactly. So why is this not a Black Widow movie? You know, And why is Marvel not producing it? So what is 
what has Marvel promised us, though? They promised us Captain Marvel. They've cast an actress who has a pretty phenomenal amount of acting credits to her name. Brie Larson. IMDb lists her with 55 credits as an actress. That's pretty impressive. That's a hard-working actress. She has done... um, Everything ranging, uh, probably the one that I think of her the most of is United States of Terror. Uh, I forget if it was Showtime or whatever that was uh, uh, the network that did United States of Terror. Um, about the schizophrenic woman. Did you ever watch that? Mm, no. no? Uh, it's worthwhile. Um, she was in episodes of Community. She was on Kong Skull Island. Uh, oh, yeah, Skull Island. She is uh, planned to be in the upcoming Avengers um, Infinity War. Um, Captain Marvel is actually scheduled to come out after uh, Avengers Infinity War. Um, Captain Marvel is currently scheduled for 2019 release. And Infinity War is... Uh, is currently scheduled for a 2018 release. So we're going to see her as an Avenger before she gets her own solo movie. And it's 2019. That's two years from now. So the first Marvel female lead movie we're going to get is two years from now, is what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Two years. And it's not exactly... Most people couldn't tell you much about Captain Marvel. If you walk out on the street and you ask Joe on the corner, who is Captain Marvel? You might actually get more of them telling you, isn't that Shazam? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Because there was that whole dispute between DC and Marvel over the rights to the, the intellectual property, Captain Marvel... Uh, back in, I forget if it was 60s or 70s. But the the Marvel uh, version of Captain Marvel, um, he started out as a male superhero. Yes. Um, He was a Kree soldier. He was an officer in the Kree something imperial militia, something like that. And... Uh, he was originally sent by the Kree Empire to Earth, and then he turned on his masters, and he became a protector of Earth. And then there was all this, uh, the supreme intellect and the negative zone and f- imprisoning him in the negative zone and escaping by exchanging atoms with somebody, somebody, um, he exchanged atoms with Rick Jones to temporarily escape the negative zone. Um, Rick Jones from the Hulk? Um, no, I'm not going to say the Hulk, but maybe. Um, not sure of the pedigree there, but he exchanged atoms with 
with somebody to escape the negative zone temporarily. Yeah, the sidekick of the Hulk. Rick yeah. Jones. Um, and he became this cosmic protector. So he's he's an alien. He's a Cree. He has become changed by uh, the Supreme Intelligence, and he's become Captain Marvel. And then you have all these different incarnations of Captain Marvel, um, different people manifesting themselves as Captain Marvel. Wow, I can't believe that the Crees go back to the 60s and Marvel still has a hard time getting them into its public fan base consciousness. I mean, they're older than a lot of the Marvel superheroes. But the... And that's kind of where the Inhumans come in. Mm-hmm. Because the Inhumans are the result of the Kree. The Kree had become genetically dead. They had lost the ability to evolve. So they began a program of mixing their DNA with alien species in attempt to continue their evolution, which is where the Inhumans came from. So the Inhumans were a result of the Kree genetic breeding with human beings to try to continue the evolution of their species. But, yeah, uh, so why is it that uh, the Kree would barely be known by anybody on the streets in the United States? Uh, It really is, it goes back a long way in the lore of Marvel. They're involved with most of the big uh, stories mm-hmm. of Marvel. You've got the Kree and the Skrull, the the Kree-Skrull Wars, and you've got their involvement with the Inhumans and their involvement with the Avengers and everybody. Uh, Fantastic Four. Oh, oh, absolutely. Fantastic Four. You've got Kree and Skrull all over yeah. the place. Um. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. And and Marvel hasn't successfully sold the mainstream body at large on the Kree-Skrull existence at all. I mean, maybe they're starting to get there. Well, I think they have to. If they're going to play Captain Marvel, they're going to have to, right? Well, I think the Infinity Wars are going to draw them in. The Inhumans, when are the Inhumans coming out... um, that, I thought that was thought that was next year, wasn't it? I believe on Netflix or something. Actually, I think it's going to be in network television. Is it? Um, I want to say it's going to be the same network that's doing uh, Agents of Shield. So it's interesting. I mean, in the same way that DC's kind of shied away from metahumans until recently. Mm-hmm. They still don't say metahumans. They still haven't said metahumans in, in any of the movies as far as I'm... I, well, yeah, they use a, a Mac interface where everything is little icons that have pictures and folders and instead of a command line interface that says metahumans. <laughs> right. But may I don't watch the DC television show, so I don't know if they've called them metahumans or made references to metahumans there i don't know um i i gave up on the whatever something of tomorrow uh, oh legends of tomorrow legends of tomorrow 
Yeah. I watched a couple episodes and I gave up on it. I I watched a season or two of Arrow and I gave up on it. I watched mm-hmm. an episode or two of Flash and I gave up on it. Really? Was that? Um, it seemed a little too dorky for me. Um, was it too millennial focused? Uh, maybe. Uh, were they it, all too youngy? I I think they were all too young and um especially on the flash. Yeah. I mean, you had this it, it, he looks like a teenager and um, Well, you know, yeah, I get it. I mean, to me Wally wasn't necessarily a teenager. If you want a teenager, you got Kid Flash. Sure. Right. Um New Spider-Man, New Spider-Man's pretty young. You you know, I've railed against New Spider-Man for being like, you know, um Tony's fanboy, like all he is is Tony's fanboy. Yeah, but I I think that's it looks interesting. Um and it is picking up storylines from from books. Um you know, Tony is in a lot of the the books right now is heavily involved in the life of uh of Spider-Man and Okay, so it makes sense because truthfully <clears throat> Sam Raimi Spider-Man fizzled out on 3 and they didn't think they could bring it back. And then they did the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and the Amazing Spider-Man was freaking amazing. But 2, I mean, it fizzled out right away by doing too much i guess people just felt bored of it um but iron man reinvigorated the marvel universe the marvel cinematic universe when when tony stark comes out of the cave to the tune of black sabbath iron man yeah that set the stage for iron man and even a third crap movie iron man 3 couldn't kill Tony Stark's popularity. Tony Stark carrying the Avengers. He's pretty much carrying Spider-Man, right? Yeah. I mean, they let Spider-Man be in the Civil War movie in, I guess, exchange for Iron Man being in... It was a hostage exchange, yeah. And it looks like Spider-Man's going to come out the the beneficiary for that. Yeah. Because it really looks like, oh, I get me some more... um, Tony Stark, Iron Man. But again, Joe on the street, he doesn't know that there's a difference between... Studios. Studios. He doesn't know that Sony uh, is behind Spider-Man and that Marvel Studios is behind the Avengers. And he doesn't know that Fox is currently and, imprisoning Fantastic Four and not letting them have a decent yeah, movie. Let's, let's not talk about that. <laughs> um. Joe on the street doesn't know that. As far as they're concerned, when the film starts rolling, they see something that says Marvel flash across the screen. Mm-hmm. And in their mind, it's all Marvel. Right. So you get this. So you get this perception of a cohesive universe. Right? Well, except for Fantastic Four, which has no cohesion with anything. And well, X-Men either. Makes me really sad. X-Men either. And that last Logan movie pissed me the fuck oh, off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you can say it, earned, I, it, I it warrants old, an Oscar, but you know, fuck you. 
No, it doesn't, and it made me sad because it wasn't Old Man Logan. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was. No. A, it was it, some made-up version of what maybe we think we can sell people it, as Old Man Logan. But no, it, it was Patrick Stewart <clears throat> and um, what's his name, Wolverine, the actor, Heath Ledger. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. It was their way of saying, we will not do another movie. We're done with this shit. We are killing our characters. But you know what? If you're an X-Men fan, like a comic book fan, you realize there's umpteen timelines with the X-Men. Sure. You can make any movie you want. Absolutely. You're not going to close the book on the X-Men. No, that... I mean, that was purely a vehicle for Hugh Jackman and, and Patrick Stewart to say, we are fucking finished. Um... You can do all the alternate universes you want, but we will never appear in it again. Um, and I don't see why, as an actor, you would want to ever say that, though. Why you would ever say, look, we're coming at you with a blockbuster uh, movie, and here's a big fat paycheck, and please work on this for three weeks. Well, I, I think maybe they are silly enough to think that they have principles. And yeah, but you... Maybe they're comfortable. Maybe Patrick Stewart doesn't care if somebody waves $100 million under his nose. And maybe Hugh Jackman has other projects working. And um, It is a, is a strange idea to have someone say, come at you with a big fat paycheck. And for them to say, no, I don't movie, want your money. <laughs> a movie. So you're getting rich and famous. So someone's going to say, I'm going to come at you and make you a little bit more rich and a little bit more famous. What do you say? And you're like, nope, rich and famous enough. Thank you very much. Okay. Let's kind of bring this back to the topic, though. Right. What female Marvel superheroes could we possibly offer? There are great ones. We've got Black Widow. We've got Scarlet Witch. Okay, so Those are the ones that people know. Black Widow can make a successful movie right now. We know that. Absolutely. We know that. The reason that they don't do it might be sexist. Why? I mean, because Marvel executives don't have faith in their properties. Can you argue that Hawkeye would be a successful movie? Because the guy who played Hawkeye led Hurt Locker. He was in Mission Impossible. You know, he has box office credibility. But do you think a Hawkeye movie would work? Because I love Hawkeye. I don't think a Hawkeye movie would work. I don't think so. So, but what Marvel is offering us two years from now is Captain Marvel. With somebody else. Somebody With who doesn't have Marvel current Marvel screen current credibility. Current Marvel um, fan base. Screen credibility. She has not sold a ticket for Marvel yet. Yeah, but she's going to be in Infinity Wars. So... Uh, that is her Batman v Superman. She gets her Batman v Superman. Then they have the Captain Marvel movie. Now, so Captain Marvel in recent comic books has been the leader of something they call A-Force. It's this galactic team Includes uh, She-Hulk, Dazzler, Medusa, 
um, somebody called Singularity, another female superhero who has some Japanese name that I can't remember. Um, this so, is the nerdiest and stupidest podcast we've done in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> the description for this podcast is going to be, sorry, we just saw Wonder Woman. <laughs> From those, can you think of anybody that could helm a big female superhero movie? Get- From those people you just mentioned in A-Force or Sh- just... She-Hulk? She-Hulk would be awesome. But not the She-Hulk who's a lawyer and, you know, I mean, you're going to get bogged down in shit people don't want to see. <laughs> people don't go see lawyer movies. <laughs> Well, I mean, um, you've got Daredevil. Daredevil's a lawyer. He had a successful series on Netflix. Well, that's because it's good. Yeah. It's the only Marvel series on Netflix that's good. I, I, nope, the others might be interesting. I would argue but they that are Jessica, slower, Jessica Jones is good. Slower than a bottle of Heinz ketchup. Sure. We'll see what happens with the Defenders. They're probably going to sit around a cafe like most of the episodes of The Tick live action series. <laughs> the Defenders, their their first plan is punch it. Their plan B is punch it harder. Now, I firmly expect extensive cafe scenes with the Defenders. <laughs> You're going to see a lot of sitting around and drinking coffee, coffee, and <laughs> talking eat. about trying to like whatever, do whatever they do. And, and there's gonna there's gonna be at least one cafe scene in the first episode. I just know it. You saw the Tick live action show, right? No, you never saw the Tick. Oh no, with Andrew Warburton, it was it's ridiculously awesome. Um, but there's a whole lot of getting coffee. Okay, <laughs> superhero <laughs> movies or show. <laughs> I'm saying most of the Netflix shows have been so painfully slow that there's got to be extensive ordering coffee scenes in The Defenders. All right. Now, I love a lot of the female superheroes in the Marvel Universe. They they can go anywhere. I think not going Black Widow has been a serious misstep for the studios. Other than that, Psylocke? Why the fuck Psylocke oh, not yeah. have a movie? Um, you know, you, I mean, other than that she's an X-Men, so Marvel can't, maybe. So we have to now separate the superheroes that might be in different universes. You know, you can't use the Spider-Man heroes. You can't use the Fantastic Four heroes. You can't use the X-Men heroes. So which ones are primarily Marvel heroes that aren't tied into those universes? Because we don't know what that contract looks like. We don't know how many of the tertiary characters are tied to each one of those. Because no matter how much we want a Spider-Gwen. That would be the most fabulous. (laughs) We decided that. Starring Chloe Grace Moritz. Um, No matter how much we want that. You're not going to get it. Well, we're not going to get it from Marvel Studios. Unless Sony wants to do it. Yeah. Um, So. Or Gwenpool or... No, it's, 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 all the, it's all the same movie, man. It's, it's all those characters in the same movie. That's what's going to make it so great. Uh, but that aside, so who's not an X-Men 
female. Okay, because X Men have like a ton of characters. Yeah, you know, well, they, you know, they've got Storm and uh, Kitty Pride and Jubilee, Rogue and Rogue. Yeah, everyone loves Rogue. Rogue was one of the biggest there Marvel some female amazing ever. female characters that came out of the X Men. Hell, I want to see an Excalibur movie. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The, no the British X Men team. Oh, okay, Excalibur. Like, yeah, yeah, Excalibur yeah. with a uh, Captain Britain, yeah, and Kitty Pryde uh-huh. and Nightcrawler. Oh, that would be such a great movie. Yeah. Um. So and they could all be. They're surrounded by like English people. Who so. is it? Fox. Mm-hmm. M- make that happen. Yeah, because that's X Men. Yeah, I mean, and you have templates for that already. You have, um, you know, you have. Uh, but but so yeah, the Kingsmen, which is you already know it's going to spies right. with a, an English accent, and because Kitty Pride's a spy, she doesn't have a heck of a lot of superpowers. She can walk through things. That's pretty much it. Yeah, well, it's really handy for being a spy. Yeah, I mean, a Black Widow doesn't have any powers. No, but you know, a Black She's, you know where a Black mo- Widow movie would really shine. <laughs> well, in. You got Nick Fury in it. <laughs> he could be her handler, and then you've got, ah, oh, you've got Nick Fury and Black Widow tearing scenes up. Yeah, that would be great. They both chew up scenery like nobody's business. I mean, when they walk on into a picture, onto a set, they they both own it. Yeah. Um. So, Fox, uh, make that happen for us. So, you can possibly Sony. get a She-Hulk movie. Sony needs to do Spider-Gwen. Spider, Spider-Gwen from Sony and... Excalibur from Fox. Excalibur from Fox. Um, and what can... What can Marvel bring to the Marvel table? Marvel can, can give us fucking Black Widow. That's a, and a, Scarlet Witch. I don't know if Scarlet Witch sells a movie. Yeah. I mean, because everything about... Just because we love... Elizabeth Olsen. so much. Yeah. Um, and Scarlet Witch, I love Scarlet Witch as a comic book, but it really got crazy batshit. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when she married uh-huh. Vision the robot and had wish and, babies. Yeah, had wish babies. Had wish babies that altered the fabric of the universe. Ceased and, to exist, and then she destroyed everything. But, yeah. you know, Scarlet Witch had her uh, Dark Phoenix moment. <laughs> oh, Phoenix. Yeah. Um, There's that classic storyline. I maintain with X-Men, they would have a home run if they just simply made, you know, uh, God God saves, man kills. Okay. The graphic novel, just make that. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be to, so hard to make a, a good movie. But we're still left with um, Marvel not making any of their really big female superheroes into movies, you know? Or superheroes. Letting okay, so what DC has done is they let Wonder Woman have that scene that melted everybody's heart and set the ground for the Wonder Woman movie. So, has DC done that? Has Marvel done that? I mean, has Marvel done that? Has, has Black Widow? 
made that scene where she came in and she saved uh, Tony Stark and Captain America when Tony Stark and Captain America were failing. No, she's just a Hulk soother. She's just Hulk's girlfriend now. They, they haven't given her a standout moment. They haven't given... You kind of talked about her backstory where she was made um, infertile. And, you know, the scenes that she's had have been really great scenes. Even, um, she had some scenes in Iron Man Mm -hmm. that were really, that were show stealers. Yeah, I think we pretty much settled the fact that that she doesn't have a movie is a giant misstep by Marvel. Yeah. So if Marvel's flat out dead set against uh, a Black Widow movie, who would they pick? I mean... Given the fact of who they're giving movies to, well, I mean, evidently they're picking Captain Marvel, and that's got to be a tie-in to the Infinity Wars. Yeah. So you really have to hope that Captain Marvel has some breakout scene in Infinity Wars, which is going to sell Joe on the street that she needs to have her own movie at some point. When do you realize that not all your movies are going to bust blocks and you're still going to make them? You know? Do the studios ever get to that point? Are they always only looking for the blockbuster movie? They put out X amount of melodramas and X amount of rom-coms every year because they make X amount of money, right? Well, they're cheap to make. You don't have to pay for special effects and... A lot of post visualization and they're fast. They're fast. If if you don't use special effects, you you, you don't have that much time in post production. Yeah, you can shoot them in a couple of weeks compared to a couple of months. And but at the same time, once you get your workflow down for a fixed type of special effect, television programs prove that you can knock those out quickly. Sure. You know, as long as you're not making new technology. You know, so when do the studios decide... When you you have a toolkit. When do studios decide a superhero is a genre that they constantly need to make and not just use them as tentpoles? I I could argue that, you know, Marvel has embraced their properties and have given studios like Netflix... Uh, free reign and turned out some good stuff. Um, and that has to be, if nothing else, uh, it's getting the intellectual property out in front of the American populace. It's getting their properties out there. I mean, if you walked up to Joe on the street a year ago and asked him who Luke Cage was, yeah, yeah, nobody would have known. No one would have known. Except Even if we nerds. didn't like Luke Cage. Um, yeah, and you know I love the comic book. Oh, yeah. If you didn't like the Netflix Luke Cage. Yeah. Um, and even though you didn't like Jessica Jones, there were plenty of people that did. Because it was highly rated. I'm not sure I can say that about Iron Fist, but... Uh, <laughs> 
No, it's really funny because Jessica Jones, you know, I love Kristen Ritter. So mm-hmm. I watched the whole thing intently because of her, but it was slow. It was slow. Luke Cage was slow. Well, and a couple scenes, parts of it were ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I did get a thrill, though, when he escaped from prison and he put on the, the stolen clothes and with, with the the bracers and the headpiece on uh-huh. and the stolen clothes, I'm like, oh, my God. I, like, jumped out of my chair and I was like, that's the classic outfit. And my wife's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, that's, that's Power Man. Oh, my God. That was... That was the homage to the fanboys. Oh my gosh, that was great. Um, they they needed to do more of that mm-hmm. and less of who was the ridiculous villain. I don't know. Using the exoskeleton yeah. power glove was not even believable. No, I wasn't buying that. No, it was. It he would have been. He would have been killed instantly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Iron Fist. There was a little a. Cool little twist at the end of the Iron Fist series. Mm-hmm. You know, but other than that, Iron Fist felt lost. Felt... Dude, I thought Iron... I was going to spend like three episodes in court as he tried to win back his company lost. I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this? Well, it would have helped if, you know, they had hired She-Hulk to defend them. Jeez. That would have been interesting. Yeah, You know, and not her be She-Hulk, but anyways. That, that would have been cool <sighs> if She-Hulk had appeared in her human form. Human, Never um, mentioning to her you that the she She-Hulk and only let the fanboys know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but they didn't, they didn't do that. No, they didn't. Um, uh, so anyways, I don't know. I know I'm making myself sad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Bottom line is, Marvel, step up to the plate. Yeah, you are making money. You know how to make money. You've got proven properties. Let's make some more money. And let's give chicks more a movies. Chance. Yeah. Give yeah. chicks a chance. Yeah, let's not wait till 2019. Let's get something out tomorrow. Yeah. Let's, let's, green, let's green light Black Widow, Nick Fury movie, yeah. and, and give us something good next year. Because that movie would rock. And then, well, the other companies, you guys, you guys just, you're, you suck. <laughs> I mean, we could, we can hold out for the Spider-Gwen movie, but that's going to happen right around the time DC gives us super friends with Jan and Jace, <laughs> the super twins. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. All right. So coming up, we have, what's the next superhero movie? Uh, Donna Justice. That's not even this year. You sure? No. Um, Christmas? We, we have a Marvel movie coming out. What the hell is it? Um, this is the part where... Uh, we'll edit a little bit out. Hopefully. You'll Spider-Man. Pre- Spider-Man's the next one. Coming in July. Okay. So we got Spider-Man coming out in July, so we're all looking forward to that. That's only a month and a month away. That's something to look forward to. Marvel movies. 
Oh, uh, we've got Thor Ragnarok. Which, if they'd called it Planet Hulk, I would have been happier. I know. Why is it, is it going to be a Thor movie or is it going to be a Hulk movie? It should be a Hulk movie, but it's going to be a Thor movie. Because Chris Helmsworth is the, the pretty one. Yeah, and Hulk movies have typically not done well. <laughs> but this this looks good. It um, does look good. And uh, I was looking at the cast today, and I did not realize that uh, Kate Blanchett was playing uh, the bad guy, or the bad gal. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they actually said they, they made a big thing about... Um, now you've got a big female villain lead in a movie. So yeah. that's something, I guess. That's something. And she looks pretty... Uh, from watching the trailers, I saw her character. I saw Hell on the screen, and she looked badass. And not once did I think, holy cow, that's Kate Blanchett. Um, that's Galadriel. Um, right. I... It completely. They've they've done some amazing stuff with her character in the makeup and um, uh, making her look not like Kate Blanchett. Um, if that makes any sense. Well, she's dressed up in movie makeup. Yeah. <laughs> but Chris Helmsworth looks like Chris Helmsworth. And well, yeah, because Thor just wears a helmet and yeah. armor. But yeah, Thor. I mean, I, I'm totally jazzed about seeing Jeff Goldblum, and yeah, and it just looks so fun. Yeah, it does. It and, looks, and Thor needs to have a fun movie. Yeah. Um, well, we all need to have fun movies, including Thor. Yeah, I don't think a Black Widow movie would be very fun. Depends on... Your definition of fun. Yeah, as long as we don't get too deep into the whole I was made a spy against my will kind of yeah. thing. I was tortured and yeah, operated yeah. on. and Yeah, if we don't do that, we'll get a fun spy movie. Sure. <laughs> we'll see what we get. I, I guess we have Spider-Man coming up, and that'll be a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I really can't wait to see Michael Keaton as the Vulture. He looks awesome. An interesting choice of casting there. Yeah, and I really can't help but think that that didn't come from Birdman. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you're not the first person I've heard say that. You know, his portrayal of a washed-up superhero who who's petty and vain and trying to be more than that really came across as, as deep. And I think they wanted that performance for a vulture. Because vulture, you really want to feel the vulture. Vulture's a, vulture's a villain who's, whose life has pretty much fallen apart. And villainy came to him rather than be a, as a choice. Like, I'm going to be good. I could be good or I could be bad. Or this is what I have to be. You know? So if you're... Picking a performance that demonstrates that, that's what I, I think they got that from. So I'm really excited about 
his performance in Spider-Man Homecoming. So I can't wait. And with that, I think we've talked everybody's ear off <laughs> too much about superhero right. movies. We really we've, got into We've this. gushed about... Um, about superheroes and, and, and there's so little dead space in this i think i'm not gonna be cutting out a whole lot so that's a long podcast talking about movies that no one's gonna want to re-listen to next year <laughs> okay just to summarize real quickly we've got spider-man homecoming we've got thor ragnarok we have black panther black panther black Ooh. panther um which has its own groundbreaking um there is a rumor of a title called New Mutants. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that came across a few weeks ago, I think. A yeah. couple weeks ago. Um, so we'll have to do some homework on that. Yeah. Uh, there's actually talk of a Venom movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Infinity Wars. Um, so if you look at Marvel properties, not necessarily as what Marvel Studios uh, owns, but the collective Marvel properties. Um, they're, they're treating us to a lot of their heroes. A lot of stuff coming out. Yeah. DC, not so much. They're, uh, you know, they're being a little bit more selective. They, <laughs> they've, they've, got a f- they've got a few TV series and a couple of movies. Yeah. DC has a rich universe. So, scale back a little bit. Um, put out some supporting characters. Definitely. Better than Green Lantern. And um, we'll talk about this more at a later date. We might need a whole separate Let's Talk About Movies podcast. <laughs> because, <laughs> well, we actually should probably be working on our show. Yeah, yeah, we should do that. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know... Um, and my professional education continues, so hopefully some of the shows will actually be good and better. There's a potential for you to benefit from your current ongoing education. Yes, yes. Take and in. we've we've talked about trying to spread this education out to maybe reread a couple of books. We maybe have. Maybe talk about some of the chapters. We have. Um, for anyone listening at home, if you want to, if you want to actually start... Uh, get an idea of what we're working on. We've purchased um, the Upright Citizens Brigade Comedy Improvisation Manual. So Jack and I are going to be reading through that. Um, about one chapter a week we're talking about. Yeah, and we should be able to handle that. And discussing what we learn on that. So next podcast, I think, um, we'll put in the description when we do a UCB manual podcast so people can kind of like follow along okay so we'll give people a chance to buy the manual themselves if they want to available on amazon.com or through the ucb bookstore um upright citizens brigade it's got a really rich history i mean it's not the oldest comedy theater in in on the scene in hollywood and north uh, america yeah uh, you know because what do we got we got hollywood we got new york we've got chicago for improvisational scenes right well i mean there's kind of toronto and canada and right yeah but really the people gravitate towards new york and hollywood sure you know new york you got new york you got los angeles 
I mean, people say Hollywood. Hollywood's really tiny, tiny city in Los Angeles. Um, all of my theaters, the schools that I go to, are in Los Angeles itself. You know, even if they're all down the same street on Melrose. So, Upright Citizens Brigade—they've kind of modernized and made the probably the most comprehensive manual for learning improvisation and comedy. So we are going, we've purchased that manual. We are going to read through it. We're going to try to become better improvisational performers. In the off chance, it actually helps this podcast become funny. (laughs) And we know from past experience that it's not going to work, but uh, (laughs) that that shouldn't stop you from trying. Hey, failure is funny too. (laughs) Failure is always an option. You know, and sometimes it, failure is funny. Failure is often funnier than success. <laughs> Trip fall, funny, right? Yeah, yeah. There we go. So, um, if you want to uh, follow along, buy your copy of the Bright Citizens Brigade manual and uh, join us next week for uh, another exciting, thrilling episode of your favorite Desperate Podcast. So, thanks for listening. I'm CJ Watson. And I am Jack Fisher. Hop on. Hop on. <laughs> <laughs> you, you told him why uh, 20 or 30 episodes ago?